to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Bullock. People, organizations, and communities need to prepare for and respond to natural and man-made disasters in a timely manner and in the most effective way possible. Our program examines what is being done before, during, and after a disaster and those unexpected events to keep you in the know. Disasters can happen to anyone. The question is, when will it happen to you? Now, here is your host, business continuity and disaster planning expert, Alex Fulick. And welcome to another episode of Preparing for the Unexpected. I'm your host, Alex Fulick. And as always, we like to talk about things related to resiliency, business continuity, disaster planning, uh, crises, and anything that's relatable to those subjects. As always, I'd like to remind people if there's a specific topic you'd like us to talk about on the show or you'd like to be a guest on the show, please feel free to go to the Voice America webpage for the show, and there is a button underneath the graphic says send the host an email or a note or something along those lines. I do get all emails, and I do respond to all. So please feel free to uh, send any questions or any topic requests uh, to my attention, and we'll look into it. We also have uh, some sponsorships or advertising opportunities for anybody who wants to talk about their product or service uh, throughout a show. Um, You're more than welcome to do so. Uh, Again, reach out to me, and I can send you some information on that. We will also be at the Disaster Recovery Journal Conference in Phoenix, September 29th to October 2nd this year, and I believe we're probably going to do another live broadcast. Last year's went over so well, we want to do it again this year. And today's show is brought to us by BoastAssessment.com from the people at uh, StoneRoad.com. And they uh, have this application that uh, you can use to help monitor your program's progress with different categories or modules, I, I should say. Uh, for risk analyses, BIAs, you know, resources, dependencies. So check that out. That's Boast, B-O-A-S-T, assessment.com. And today's show, I'd like to talk with a colleague of mine. We got chatting one day a little while ago about what we do and, you know, uh, different things we've done in our career. And it came very clear that this was a subject I thought would be perfect for the show. The reason being is there's so much talk about creating contingencies, documenting contingencies, you know, getting responses to BIAs, you know, questionnaires and risk assessments and all kinds of other things. And it turns out this person works in that area and is one of those people we would probably no doubt have to approach to get some of the answers. So he, my guest today is a business analyst, and I'd like to welcome to the show, Mr. Bill Baxter. Bill, welcome to the show. Alex, thank you for having me, sir. Before we get uh, started on uh, what we're going to talk about today, can you tell our guests a little bit about yourself, you know, how you got to where you are and what you do? Sure. Um, So I've been basically in business and systems analysis roles for about 20 years now. Um, In my current role, um, uh, I essentially um, uh, advise both uh, practitioners as well as clients in terms of best practices for business analysis. Uh, my experience has been there's still a lot of gray area when it comes to really what the skills that you should attribute to a business analyst are. I try to help uh, clear out some of that uh, mystery and uh, make sure we're getting the most out of our people when we engage on projects. Well, that's actually a question I've got for you a little later, is what are some of the skills? Oh, see, <laughs> it's all coming together. <laughs> but first, let, let, first let's start off with, with where we are, the first question we have in our agenda today. As a business sure. analyst... Define what a business analyst really is, because 
I've been in places, I've been in projects, programs, you know, whether they're um, disaster or business company related or not. And everyone seems to think a BA is almost a know-it-all. <laughs> but let, let's get a clear <laughs> well, definition. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Because um, uh, that gray area still exists, as much as uh, some of the standards organizations like the IIBA and PMI are trying to, um, you know, they're certainly doing their part in terms of clearing up that mystery. Um, there's still a lot of different interpretations when it comes to the field. And um, I don't know that there's necessarily any one right answer, um, mostly because business analysts have a reputation of being a little like the Swiss Army knives of projects. Um, and um, different clients come to expect different things from their business analysts, and that's not a bad thing, except when it comes time to work with a different business analyst who might have, who might have a, a different skill set or a different background and is just as much a business analyst as their previous person, um, except now they don't do exactly the same stuff. Um, I think when it comes down to it, um, uh, a business analyst uh, is a critical thinker, is someone who's not afraid to um, uh, ask and go after the answer to the question why, and then represents the purpose for which a project has come together um, uh, throughout its delivery. Uh, that can take on a bunch of different forms, but I think if I had to sort of sum it up into uh, something succinct, that's what it would be. You, you mentioned uh, interesting that the person that asks why, and I, I've been at the table many times where I'm asking the BA why. So can, <laughs> is it kind of they're on both sides of it, depending on what the, the, the topic is? Oh, of course. Uh, I think the more people that ask why on a project, the better. Um, and, you know, a business analyst uh, is only one person. Uh, other good brains that are asking the same kinds of questions to get down to root causes and really make sure that um, people are focused on, you know, the right stuff uh, throughout delivery is really important. I'm not at all surprised to hear that you sort of are curious about the answer to that, those kinds of questions yourself. Uh, and that's a good thing, too. Um, you know, if uh, there's a corner that the uh, uh, business analyst has not shone a light into, um, then better the light gets shone into it than it goes uh, undiscovered and then comes to, you know, cause problems later on. So, so what's their role overall? What's what's a BA's role? Can you um, define what I their role just, is? I, I know you've kind of touched on it here and there, but you know, yeah, can you clearly describe I'm, it? I, <laughs> I think I'm being a little uh, vague on purpose, but I'll, I'll sort of break it down into different chunks. Um, you know, in any really project delivery framework uh, uh, of any kind, um, we're supposed to start out with uh, a clear business case and business objectives. Um, uh, that's something that in many cases gets glossed over, um, but I think that's really the first part of, uh, of a business analyst's job on a project is to make sure that people are clear about the business objectives and that those business objectives are something that is not just sort of loose, that it can be quantifiable. Um, you know, uh, it's important throughout the delivery of a project to make sure that the value you're expecting at the end of it is something that is um, clear at the outset. If that's not defined uh, when, a, when a team first comes together, then, you know, it's very possible that, um, uh, you know, a third of the way through delivery, you've already exceeded in terms of the cost of your resources or technology, um, the actual value that the project has a hope of, of, of ever um, uh, delivering. So the first thing is 
make sure the business case is clear and that the objectives that you're trying to achieve are measurable so that as you begin to get an actual project, actual delivery of the project, uh, you can reconcile um, throughout it to make sure that, you know, um, you're not spending more than you're actually going to get at the, uh, at the conclusion of the project. Um, next part about it, of course, is uh, requirements uh, management. That includes both the elicitation as well as uh, managing changes or approvals, those kinds of things. Um, and uh, requirements uh, are often sort of fall into a few different categories. I think that uh, what a business analyst focuses on is um, the uh, are the things that fall out of you know, a, a company or an organization or a team is at one place today, and they're in a. They want to be in a different place in the future. So, what are the capabilities that help um, uh, um, that area move from where they are now to where they want to be? That's really what is required. Um, I've seen in many cases requirements are more sort of the kind of thing that describes how you're going to bridge the gap from one place to another, and I would describe that more as design. Um, which, nicely enough, leads me into the next sort of area. Um, so after requirements, I think business analysts are well-suited to really help design business solutions. Um, and that basically is now covering the requirements you, you, you've, uh, you've elicited and now saying, well, I've seen now that uh, you do the same thing at three different times throughout your process. Well, then what you need in your requirement is to do that activity only once and um, in terms of now designing a solution that fits that, this is now where you can say how you're going to reduce it from three to one, for example. Um, after you've designed the solution, I think now your uh, business analyst's role becomes more representing those requirements and that business solution throughout its delivery. You understand what value is expected. You understand what the objectives are and why it's important strategically or generally important to the business to um, see those objectives come through. And um, uh, while, you know, uh, you'd hope you've caught everything on the way down uh, into saying, okay, now we know what we're delivering, that we know how we're going to approach it, and now let's get the team building the solution, you know, you hope that there aren't any dark corners, but that's where it comes back, Alex, to what you and I were seeing before. Um, you know, the more people that are thinking about why and challenging the idea and making sure that everything that needs to come to light is in the light, uh, the better. Um, and so... Throughout delivery, if other things come up, then the business analyst can ultimately uh, be involved in assessing the impact of those changes to what is either the uh, the design or the uh, the, the requirements, um, and then uh, um, helping the team adjust to uh, either uh, look into a second or third or a future iteration to deliver on those those uh, missed items, or if it can be incorporated into what the team's already working on. Um, I think the last part of it really is making sure. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Alex. I was just saying, I have a question there um, because you brought up when, uh, with regards to requirements, when different things come up, you know, yes. uh, and sometimes, you know, I, I know we've probably both been in positions with projects and programs where um, we don't know certain things and won't know them for a while. So in a BA's case, when something new comes forward, you know, you're a couple of months into your project, you know, building a, B, a, mm-hmm. a BCM program or DR program. And something new crops up or something that uh, you didn't understand before with an assumption is now clarified. How does a BA manage change? Uh, a fantastic question. Um, and I think it's going to lead us into other corners of our conversation later, too. Um, I think the truth of it is that projects are driven often by cost, certainly, and by time. Um, and, uh, you know, it'd be nice to, know, to, to feel confident that um, you've got everything um, and that, uh, you know, 
um, it's all going to go smoothly. Uh, the reality is that stuff comes up, um, and um, you still have to move forward. So I think the whole idea is um, to have a risk mitigation plan, um, even if you don't know what the answers are in all cases, know what the questions are. Um, and I think as long as having unanswered questions doesn't pose uh, a dangerous risk to the success of the project, um, mm-hmm. then it's okay to have things that aren't necessarily uh, uh, fully flushed out. But the idea is really to you know, do your best to know the questions you need answers to and which ones must have answers and which ones you can uh, uh, find answers for along the way. Um, does that help answer? Yep, that's good. Um, I, I know yeah. we've both been in that kind of position, uh, you know, yeah. myself in, in program management as a control officer, yourself, you know, you do a lot of, of BA stuff. So I was, and I know when I've spoken to many people in uh, DR and BCM, you know, throughout, if they're updating their plans once a year, you know, guaranteed projects have been implemented or something's changed down the road. So I was wondering, right. you know, how a BA manages that and what they need to do. And I guess you, you explained that, you know, you got to look at how does this change impact us? Does it add value to add the uh, this change? You know, and you go through your documentation and you mentioned perfectly risk risk mitigation. It is about mitigating the risk uh, throughout. Um, you know, I think the reality is that projects are a lot like life and that uh, you do your best to, you know, um, uh, understand what you're facing, but stuff always comes up. And um, I guess the other part about being a good business analyst is um, knowing how to work with things that are unknown, um, you know, uh, and again, you're only one person. So I think if the, if the whole team is focused uh, uh, on, you know, mitigating risk as you go through it, um, chances are, are, are much better that you're not going to have anything catastrophic happen. And I guess, and that, I guess those changes and everything uh, you just described as well, I guess that maps back to the objectives. Does this change really help our objectors or is it changing our objectives, changing them, you know, for the better or the, or the negative side, you know, I guess you, you map that back, right? You, you nailed it. That's, that's one of the biggest uh, um, uh, advantages to having clear business objectives as well as measurement um, at the very early stages of, of, of project planning. Um, because uh, it's very difficult if, you know, the team is um, uh, formed around implementing a specific solution, but nobody necessarily understands how it relates to the business strategy or how they're, or what value they're expecting out of it. Then um, if you start if you start talking about uh, adding other features of the same software package that, say, you're implementing, it becomes very difficult to say, well, wait a second, should we do that now, or is that really for a future phase? Um, mm-hmm. If it isn't directly aligned to the value statement that you're trying to deliver as part of the business case, um, then that's the clearest uh, dividing point between in or out. And that's not to say that things don't change and that you can't incorporate new business benefits. Mm-hmm. But now it becomes a question of defining the benefits around those new scope items too. Um, well, to be all-inclusive. Here's a loaded question for you. <laughs> Who provides you those objectives? Where do you get that? Well, you would hope, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you would hope that it's your your the, the, your stakeholders, your your clients, the people that run the business, the people that have something at stake here um, when it comes to implementing change. Um, so, you know, um, uh, that could take a bunch of a bunch of different forms, of course. But uh, at the end of it, we're talking about the folks that uh, need to change from where they are today into the place of the future. 
Um, it should be, you know, going into things with no roadmap or no idea where those, uh, you know, where you want to be in, in five years or even what you want to be throughout uh, any fiscal year, I think is, um, uh, it's a fairly risky way to approach project delivery. Um, mm-hmm. because uh, it becomes very difficult to manage things like timeline and costs when you're not really rallying around clear uh, clear objectives that are going somewhere within a period of time. I guess that um, part of what you said there reminded me, um, of what did they call it at the, uh, like a straw man? You know, you don't really know all the details yet, so you do a, a rough kind of outline, right, of what where you need to go yeah, with, with what you've been told and what is available at that time. Yeah, I like to think about those things. Strawman is a, is a great way to describe it. I also talk about frameworks uh, in terms of, you know, it's a, it's a structure which gives you sort of the general size and shape of something, but is uh, open to um, uh, new possibilities and uh, can be reoriented if it needs to be based on, you know, a better understanding as you, as you, as you go along. So strawman, framework, same kind of idea. And the name of the game is, you know, you can never know everything, so don't pretend you can. Um, you know, do your very best and then start building or start delivering and um, uh, have a framework that's adaptable. And I think that's a good spot to end our first segment. Today we're talking with Bill Baxter about one of the key people, key roles we need to talk to when we're doing our, our business continuity and disaster plans, uh, business analysts. We'll be right back with Bill. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Attention. If you're a parent, educator, social worker, or civic or religious leader, the most important program you'll hear this week is Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Host Opal Singleton and her guest show how our children and others are being dangerously lured by predators through the dark web, social media apps, and games. Beyond that, the program looks at trends in human trafficking and more. You'll never think of the Internet the same way again. Listen Thursdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Although a controversial subject, one thing that seems to be proven is that cannabis has some incredible medical properties. Join Dr. Joe Rosado for Talk. We'll talk about medical cannabis through research from Dr. Joe over the last decade. Plus, groundbreaking news, inspiration, and education that will have you thinking about the industry differently. Featuring guests and advice from Dr. Joe. Talk airs live every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are 
are listening to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Fullen. Email your questions to info at stone-road.com. Again, that's I-N-F-O at stone-road.com. Now back to Preparing for the Unexpected. Welcome back to the show. Today we're talking with Bill Baxter uh, about the role of a business analyst. Bill, before we went away on the first break, you were talking to us about some of the things that uh, uh, make up the business analyst role. And I know your role is one of the key roles that we in the disaster recovery business continuity realm need to approach for answers. But there's, correct me if I'm wrong, there are more uh, or multiple, I should say, uh, roles within business analysis, the analysts. There's uh, several different types, are, are there not? Uh, absolutely. In fact, if I could, I'd like to shift sort of the discussion um, about role and talk a little more about skills. Um, increasingly, I sure. think that's the, uh, the, 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 the future of delivery is, you know, um, people come from varied backgrounds and varied experiences, and um, boxing stuff into a specific role might ultimately um, uh, offer a bit of a separation between the person and what they're expected to do on a project and the other things that might come up throughout a project that a person has the skill and the, and the, and the capability of doing, but it's outside of their, and I'm using finger quotes here, role. Um, so uh, a lot of the, um, the, the things that uh, business analysts come to do, I just think sort of fit mainly within different skill sets. And if it's okay, that's why I'd sort of like to, to talk about a few of these things. Is that okay? Sure. Go ahead. So... Um, uh, you know, we talked a little earlier about uh, different phases of project delivery and where business analysts sit. I think um, at a very high level, say, for example, um, you engage a business analyst at a point where really you don't have a strategic roadmap and you're not sure um, uh, where you can um, improve your operational effectiveness or where you can grow your business or, or any of those sort of bigger bucket type um, uh, uh, discussions. I think, you know, whether it be a business consultant or business architect or those kinds of, um, you know, titles you might associate with this skill set, um, the first level of business analysis tends to be about defining that strategic roadmap and that, that uh, you know, three, five-year outlook on, on how a business needs to grow. Um, it might be the case where, you know, someone that delivers a particular product or service might be looking at an untapped market. Um, uh, for delivering that product or service, or a market that would be benefit would benefit from uh, a new product in the, in in that in that area, um, that becomes uh, something that a business analyst can do. And I think you could you know more traditionally think about that as a business consultant or or as a business architect. But really, it's that it's that um, longer view strategic look in terms of developing a business. Um, I think that's one area of, of business analysis. Um, moving one step closer to actual project delivery then, understanding how to translate um, strategic guidance or, or, or um, uh, uh, you know, a product or, or a, um, a service roadmap into specific chunks that can be delivered as a project, that's really the next kind of business analysis or business analyst uh, skill set. I'm not sure that what you exactly call that. Um, a lot of these things tend to sort of conflate for me in my brain anyway, and this is just what a business analyst does. Um, but uh, ultimately, I think you could think about separating um, different uh, avenues of a strategic roadmap into products um, and thinking about um, 
you know, uh, this product needs to evolve in this way and this product needs to evolve this way and, and thinking about continuous funding throughout its, its, uh, its evolution. Um, that's kind of how you translate that, that strategy into specific um, uh, things that now you can wrap projects around in terms of delivering those changes. Um, so with the deep understanding of the product and its roadmap, I think then you're now looking at requirements because they're going to need specific capabilities for those products in order to evolve them from where they are today to where they would be in the future. Um, and, um, you know, someone who's the keeper of those requirements, the defender of them, if you will, um, and able to uh, uh, speak not only to the letter of the requirement, but to the spirit of the requirement, which I think in many cases is more important. Um, you know, people in business analysis talk to so many different people in so many different areas. If they only have one way of speaking about that kind of information, they might ultimately cause a bit of confusion or disorient people. Um, and so I think someone who is properly able to manage that requirements, to, uh, the, that body of information represented to all the different audiences throughout the project that um, I might be interested in it, uh, that's another uh, uh, skill area. Um, I guess the other part about it, and something that often gets attributed to business analysts as well, is uh, technical expertise. Um, particularly with respect to technology, um, as well as being able to describe the technology to um, uh, a broader audience, just the same way you might with the business strategy or the requirements part of it. Um, so um, I think that part of analysis and being able to ask those sort of why questions uh, does fall into the technology, um, you know, and, and a familiarity as to how to now deliver on those capabilities um, in a bunch of different ways. Um, you know, if you're going to introduce uh, workflow automation, there are a number of different tools. You can look at um, uh, uh, process automation. There are a number of different software technologies that do that as well. So understanding what um, the business is after, what the capabilities of each of those different technologies are, and um, the best fit to deliver on what the business is after, um, you know, that's sort of the next evolution beyond just the requirements. Now you're really wrapping the, the technology and the design around it, and that's another skill set for the business analyst. Um, uh, and, of course, oh, sorry, go ahead, Alex. I was just going to say, I'm curious, I've seen technical BAs and business BAs. Are they really separate roles, or are they just... The, you know, how do you distinguish between the two? Because I've seen both of them be Different a part skills. of all projects and things. Yeah, I think I think uh, that uh, someone with the more technical slant or their their brain grabs onto the technology more readily, um, they benefit from better understanding of the business and vice versa. Um, I think you're a better uh, you're you're in a better position to really ask all the right questions during a requirement solicitation. If you have an idea of what technology is in that space that the business is looking to touch, so um, I think people might gravitate as everybody does towards the things that they're stronger in. Um, you know, uh, understanding of technology makes you a better business analyst, and understanding of the business makes you a better systems analyst. Um, so I don't think they're necessarily separate. I think it comes down to where a person might be a little stronger in one area or the other. Ah, uh, okay, I see. I, I just had to ask that because I've seen both of those positions. You're so I totally was right. Okay, well, um, um, continue on with some of the skills there. Sorry, I had to ask. Yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> I think the last thing I wanted to talk about is is um, uh, is really uh, representation of this information. Um, you know, who is not a fan of documents? 
I just raised my hand <laughs> over here by myself. I'm I'm not a fan of documents. <laughs> I'm a fan of good information, and uh, I think that can take on a bunch of different forms. Uh, but certainly being able to articulate um, both requirements as well as your system design and your, you know, your, your, um, your architectural design, those kinds of things are, are really important skills too. Um, I don't think that someone who's probably able to model requirements necessarily has, the, it's not the same skill set to model requirements or to create system architectural diagrams. I think those are quite different skill sets. Um, but I think being able to um, uh, write and to be able to articulate that kind of information um, uh, in, in either respect is, is a really important skill as well. And some people, again, just as we were talking about business and systems analysis, um, are, are excellent writers. And, uh, you know, that tends to be their area of strength. But throughout any of the ones we've spoken about, Alex, I think that not any single one of them has to be an area where it's like, this is what I do and I go no further. I think everybody benefits from some exposure to the other areas we spoke about because they are closely related. And if you separate between, say, someone who says, um, this is where the business should uh, grow in three years, and you say, okay, I've told you that, and now I'm going to walk away and I'm not available to you anymore, or that there's some kind of barrier or handoff there, making sure that it's clear how to translate that business strategy into a product line or to a, a series of products or a program that you need to deliver, um, you know, that can introduce some risk. Um, and so by, by saying, you know, these are all part of one uh, job description, even though you may not have all the skills uh, across the entire uh, area, um, you know, Eliminating handoffs, I think, also helps mitigate the risk that something gets lost in translation. Um, and that's another reason why I like talking about skills here rather than roles, because anytime mm-hmm. you're talking about a handoff between a role and another role, there's that opportunity for something to get lost in translation. Um, and I like picking up new skills all the time, so if I'm not a very good, you know, I'm, I don't really understand about products, uh, and I'm more sort of focused on the technology, you know, that's an area that I can explore and, and get better at. So there really is no one single group of skills for a BA because there it sounds like there's so many different facets to it and there couldn't be one person who knows absolutely everything about everything, could there? Well, maybe I guess there could. I think it's totally true. Um, and that's, you know, it's, it's, it's part of the reason I like to think about a project team coming together as being a collection of skills rather than a collection of roles because, you know, um, if it's clear about what your business objectives are, there's another sort of uh, uh, art in being able to say, well, if those are your objectives and the p- best people to help you get there are the people with these skills. And then being able to look at your, at your resource pool and saying, who has the skills in order to accomplish those objectives? Rather than simply saying, okay, well, it's a project, so I guess we need a project man- manager, and I guess we need a business analyst, and I guess we need some quality assurance people. You know, if we don't really need those things based on the business objectives you're trying to achieve, then you shouldn't just throw warm bodies at it. We should be looking for people with the right skills. Um, so if I have the title of business analyst, but I don't know anything about technical writing, well, we should know that we need somebody who is capable of translating, you know, um, conversations into something now that is going to make sense to the people who need to develop these systems and, and, and write those technical specifications. Um, that, so it's really that's interesting. sure we're clear I, with the I, objectives. That's interesting. I do like your your comment. Project team is a collection of skills, not roles. Because when we uh, so many seminars and online articles and all kinds of things, 
that I talk uh, talk to people about with regards to uh, BCM and DR, it's you have to talk yes. to the vice president of this role and this role of, in that department, not the not who holds right, the skill. Right. That's right. Yeah, um, and I, I think it also tends to be a little bit of a broad brush. Um, and like I say, I think that you know there is a little more gray area when it comes to business analysis than there is with say project management or quality assurance or developer or those kinds of things. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that uh, recognizing anybody who works in a project as a person who has skills, maybe inside and outside of a particular job description, is going to make sure that you make the most of, uh, of that person's time. Um, uh, rather than just sort of saying, yep, this is what I do and I go no further, you can actually leverage all the skills that you bring to the table. Well, I might quote, quote you on that comment about project team, a collection of skills at some point. I'll give you credit for it. I really, I really like that one. <laughs> hey, man, it's yours. <laughs> All yours. <laughs> so because most of our audience deals with uh, disaster recovery, business continuity, emergency yes. management, et cetera, how can a BA, um, we've only got a couple of minutes left in this segment and we can carry over into the next one, but how how do you see a BA helping out people that work in the business continuity in the disaster recovery world? In a nutshell, um, being clear on the objectives helps make sure that you're clear of all the things you need to consider, um, whether it be true continuity or disaster recovery. Um, You know, if we're, again, focused on implement this technology and not solve these problems, it becomes much more difficult to say, well, the implications of implementing this technology might be a much more narrowly focused thing. If you're saying we're trying to solve this problem, a lot of other people within an organization or outside the organization, might that might resonate a little more clearly with them, and they can help you flush those things out. Um, so I think, uh, you know, when you and I first started talking about how business analysis and continuity planning and disaster recovery are related, I view a lot of this sort of um, uh, objective definition um, the scope definition that after, at the beginning of a project as a key input to this kind of thing. Um, yeah, I think that's initially where it fits anyway. So you, you would be kind of one of the key people that, uh, I'll use myself as an example, that I would approach with regards to answering things like uh, questions in a risk assessment or a business impact analysis, right? You know, what are our dependencies? Where are our weaknesses? And, you know, understanding our processes. I completely, yeah, I think it's, you, you nailed it. Um, you know, part of every business case as well is meant to look a little bit at contingency planning. Um, and I mean, I don't think that a business analyst necessarily has the same kind of expertise as somebody who's in, you know, continuity planning and disaster recovery specifically. I think it's a, uh, another really important skill. But I think in many cases, a business analyst should be able to feed you um, the, 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 um, for initially the objectives, and then mm-hmm. from there be able to sort of go after any of the things that might not be um, uh, obvious from a project delivery perspective. But I think, I think when it comes to continuity uh, planning and disaster recovery, you know, you're sort of thinking after the project ends, you know, how do we make sure we keep things up and running, and what if something right. really bad happens? Well, it, it sounds like you know, you're, you're not just the person I would be asking questions up front in a BIA, but... You know, with regards to earlier comments about change, you'd also be somebody that I'd have to approach if I'm changing my um, my continuity strategy. Can we still do this if this is gone and uh, you know we've changed this and this is now implemented? You'd still be that person that I'd have to come to and 
understand that change, right? And what needs to be updated and how that change impacts, you know, my continuity strategies. Uh, I think it only makes sense. Yes, uh, absolutely. Um, uh, now, while the business analyst may not be the, um, the person ultimately responsible for making sure that all those things are satisfied, um, mm-hmm. they're absolutely an agent or a liaison between, um, uh, you know, um, making sure that we've gone into all the corners of, you know, things that could go wrong op- operationally and making sure the business is, um, doesn't, you know, um, have to deal with any um, unnecessary interruptions and work with maybe the business owners to make sure that they're in a position to deal with some of this stuff. And again, it might be a case where, again, I think in an ideal situation, you've avoided this kind of major hole. Um, but, um, you know, it might be the case where we, where after we get through delivering, a, get to a certain point in project delivery, and it becomes clear that when we speak to now disaster recovery or continuity planning experts, and they say, well, no, did you think about these things? We may need to come up with other implementation contingencies based on what that looks like. Um, uh, but, uh, uh, but yeah, I think absolutely when it comes to a point where it's clear what the business objectives are, the sooner that a business analyst can get together with somebody in continuity planning disaster recovery, even before we really get into implementation, I think that sets us out on a much cleaner foot. Well, you and I both know <clears throat> that uh, continuity planning <laughs> sometimes hits the back burner and doesn't come to yeah. the front burner until after implementation has occurred, which is I think you know, that's a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> well, I would say yes. <laughs> yeah, you're you're right. Of course, I think uh, you know. Um, I believe anyway that part of the preparation of your business case is going into the corners and then asking, um, and so what? If this happens, so what? Um, so going into some of those areas, certainly at the business case level, you're not necessarily going to the same level of detail that you'd actually be getting into as part of the real planning part of this, mm-hmm. but um, at least broad strokes to you know make sure we're mitigating the risk of having major holes. Uh, I think that's just smart. Um, and it's the same kind of thing when it comes to uh, testing, and in my opinion, it's, it's uh, critical when it comes to things like reporting as well which you want to talk about something that hits the back burner off and reporting uh, and testing often gets it too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, we're talking yeah. with Bill Baxter today about uh, the role of a business analyst and you know how they can help us in our BCM programs. And we'll be right back. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. All around the outermost rim of the shield, he set the mighty stream of the river Oceanus, creating Achilles' shield in Homer's The Iliad, Book 18. Rachel Carson in The Sea Around Us said, All at last, return to the sea, to Oceanus, the ocean river. Like the ever-flowing stream of time, the beginning and the end. Moyer's Environmental Dialogues with Dr. Rob Moyer offers lively dialogue and revealing narrative inquiry into how individuals are overcoming obstacles and creating a greener and blue planet Earth. Tune in Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Are you or someone you know interested in attending college? With both college tuition and college enrollment up 60% since 2002, there is a lot of competition, and careful planning needs to be a part of the process. Tune in to Getting In, a College Coach Conversation, hosted by Elizabeth Heaton and featuring a team of college coach experts. We'll bring you the tips, techniques, and know-how to navigate the road to college and do so the smart way. Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Fuller. Email your questions to info at stone-road.com Again, that's I-N-F-O at stone-road.com Now back to Preparing for the Unexpected. Welcome back to the show. We are talking with Bill Baxter today about uh, the role of a business analyst. Bill, in the last segment, we talked uh, a lot about uh, some of the different skills that uh, BAs have. And it got me thinking uh, with regards to contingencies and some of the things you did bring up. I'm wondering, you know, you, you mentioned you you to help identify this, you know, certain impacts. This is what happens when this occurs and when that occurs. You'd also mm-hmm. be one of the people who could help. I'm not saying you know, 100% it would all be you, but you'd be yeah. able to help us identify some of the contingencies you know, or workarounds, right? You know, if this occurs, you know, we can do this workaround because don't you have to also think of um, governance and different other aspects in your role as well? Uh, absolutely. Uh, again, I think we tend to represent the interests of our stakeholders a little more um uh, more sort of the project resource. Often people that are running businesses don't um, have enough time to be deeply engaged in the project. So if there are specific, um, uh, you know, regulatory or compliance or, or risk considerations that need to be respected, um, you know, certainly your business analyst should be able to represent those. Or at least know enough that those, that those questions are important, and then even if they don't know the answers off the top of their head, if it comes up, they would know enough that, wait a second, I should have an answer to that question and go after it. And and when we do come up with some of the, those answers, then we document them and put them into whatever plan we need or whatever action needs to get done to make sure it happens, right? Yeah, do the right thing with it. Um, you know, answers to questions can take a bunch of different forms. And even if it all, it ends up being the case where, you know, oh, wait a second, now that I understand what the answer is, we actually have to engage a different expert. It's not something that the project team, as it was constructed, can deal with itself. You might need to go reach out to somebody else to help you mitigate those risks or to accomplish that, uh, that other piece. Um, but, uh, but yeah, certainly knowing that the answer to the question is important and then doing the right thing with the answer when you get it, um, that's, that's, I think, part of the role, too. Mm-hmm. So let's look at another area um, that we've got on our agenda we're going to talk to. Um, how does a BA uh, role or a BA person get involved with regards to privacy? Because privacy is obviously a huge thing right now, you know, uh, with the different laws being passed everywhere. And, you know, with the amount of hacks we all hear, how does a BA get involved yeah. with, with privacy? Yeah, um, 
I guess when it comes down to it, um, one of the areas that business analysts get often fairly deeply involved with is um, with, with data. Um, and I tend to equate a lot of privacy concerns with the sharing of information, the confidential information, um, you know, stuff about a person, stuff about their finances, stuff about their health, um, stuff about their, you know, their, their location, um, you know, their interests, all that other stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, with so much information being collected now, um, uh, and then, you know, large organizations that have access to all this data trying to figure out how to do with it, uh, or, or, sorry, what to do with it, uh, I think that's where privacy sort of becomes a little more important. So I tend to equate a lot of privacy concerns with data specifically. Um, and knowing which data is being um, manipulated or is related to a specific business process or with a transaction of, of some kind or, or those kinds of things, um, that's part of making sure that um, uh, you have visibility to all those things. Um, so a business analyst is going to go through and collect the data that uh, a specific transaction or a specific process cares about. And um, uh, whether it's something that they're already familiar with or something that they would, again, understand that privacy is important, and I need to make sure that all this information that I've just gathered in terms of, you know, we're impacting this process, we're impacting this product, we're impacting this transaction or what have you, um, I need to go talk to somebody to make sure that by changing this, we're not destabilizing it and, and, uh, and, and running any new risks. Actually, you just said something got me thinking with when you're identifying, you know, here, here's the data, here's what someone's doing with it, what they can do with it. Would that make you, and I'm not going to put you on the spot uh, about it, but would that make you a potential person who would need to be part of, you know, a privacy incident response or some sort of a, uh, you know, security attack, you know, if you're dealing with so much data, would you be a part of that kind of a, a response? I don't, I don't, that hasn't been part of my experience uh, so far to be brought mm. into an actual incident. Um, but okay. I think that the kind of information that our project leaves behind would have to support that kind of more operational activity. Um, mm. uh, you know, it, it should be possible to use something as a reference point. Um, and while I think it's in, been my, it's part of my experience anyway that really there's a, uh, an operational group that's more responsible for responding to um, uh, privacy concerns or, or privacy breaches, um, okay. the output from a business analyst would be the kind of reference material that they might be able to turn to. Okay. Well, that moves us on to the next piece we're going to talk about because you just mentioned it, operations. So how yes. does a BA get involved with the operations group? Because and I'll be oh, I love operations, operations Alex. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, uh, it, it's funny. Um, business analysts take a lot of ownership for requirements information and, and for understanding um, business process and uh, you know modeling uh, certain pro- um, whether it's processes or system interactions or business rules or data or what they take a lot of ownership for that. The way I view it is that that ownership is temporary um, only for the duration of the project. The people who actually own this data are the people who are running the business. Um, uh, Sorry, not just data, but own that information uh, of whatever kind. They're they're the people who are running the business. Um, I think about it a little bit like um, a library. And um, a business group has operations people that help run the business. And um, when a project needs to now change that, the project checks the, 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 the process or the, the model or whatever the, the way the information is captured out from the operations team 
um, uh, updates it, so to speak, um, with their permission and with their, their, their input. And then at the time the project is delivered, it goes back to operations. And so whatever has happened over the course of a project now becomes the way that the operations team operates from that point forward. Um, so uh, I think there's that um, uh, close uh, um, relationship between people who are in operations role and people who are, who are in product uh, project delivery roles. Um, there's a a natural back and forth there, and they have to understand each other and why it's important that they work together uh, for any of it to be successful. So I'm curious to to know if you're handing things off to um, BAU or business as usual, uh, such as operations, what happens when there is some sort of a disaster or continuity, you know, call for continuity plans to be activated. Do you get involved with that? Or you know, to, I know to some degree you would be helping follow whatever the con- contingencies were that were documented because you would have contributed to them. But do you get involved at all with, you know, the investigation of why they something occurred? Or do you leave that up to the, the key um, operations people when something occurs? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I think... The way I think about business analysts is they're not necessarily operational role. Um, they don't get exposed so much to operations as they do project delivery. Um, you bring in a business analyst when you're looking to change something or implement something new, and then they're on to the next sort of implementation or change. Um, but now that you got me thinking about that a little bit, I think that <laughs> as an escalation point, if something were not totally clear as a product of what came out of the project, that naturally... You know, you wouldn't want um, an artificial barrier between somebody who needed the information and then somebody who had information. Um, so I think that probably it wouldn't be your first step, but having a business analyst or somebody with that kind of ex- like project exposure where that process that has now resulted in having to, having to enact um, a contingency plan or, or a disaster recovery plan um, uh, available, I think that could be really valuable. So, but really valuable, but you may not be the first line uh, that's approached to investigate something, right? Is that is that what you kind of saying? Not. Yeah. Okay. So, when uh, let's see, when a person like me who comes along wanting to update these plans, you know, uh, and contingencies, you would still be a good person to approach, you know, to help main maintain these things, right? Uh, I. I absolutely. I think I actually view that kind of change as a type of project um, because mm, ultimately, okay. if um, there's a process that's in place that works a certain way because it needs to deliver on certain capabilities that are strategically important to the business, and now we say, well, wait a second. In order to make sure that we have redundancy and we have things that are, um, you know, um, uh, failovers and and a way to make sure the business continues um, when bad stuff happens. If we're now going to change the way we support this, then I think that's worth, you know, um, some analysis. Uh, so if it came down to something that, um, say, uh, there was an incident, and um, the way that the, the the way that the plan worked out was suboptimal, I think that's mm-hmm. the kind of thing where you know business stakeholders would then say, well, wait a second, we need something better. And that would impl- that would mean a change of some kind, maybe new technology, maybe just a process change. But I think that's exactly the kind of thing you'd wrap a project team around to really understand the problem, be able to get at the root cause of it, and then implement with probably um, uh, you know uh, uh, someone in your position's help a better plan to uh, to deal with contingencies and, and disaster recovery. 
Right. So you would you would give me. Uh, I'm putting in very easy terms here. You would give me some of this new information, and I would make sure that it gets captured in wherever it needs to go. You know, but all that new information identifying changes or change to a contingency, you know, for a certain specific group, it's going to come from you because you would have been involved with that, right? Is that fair to say? Uh, yeah, I think that uh, that in in a situation say where um, a, a, a plan needed to be enacted, a uh, contingency plan needed to be enacted, and and, and the result was not great. Uh, that would be a new uh, area where you'd want an analyst to understand why, and mm-hmm. then collaboratively you come up with a change to it, and then a project would be there to implement the new contingency plan um, or disaster recovery plan. Uh, so you'd work together. You'd almost be a, a bit of an, an expert in this respect because, you, you know, having dealt with the incident, someone would be mm-hmm. able to say, this is why it didn't work uh, as well, and this is the impact of it, and then we'd have a better idea as to what we needed to address inside a project. Exactly. See, I knew you were the, you're the one of the main guys we have to go to and talk to, and I hope everyone out there listening knows that. You know, maybe yeah, I'll call I Bill. Yeah, I think it's, a, it's, a, it's an important relationship, Alex. You know, all this yeah, stuff, I it view is. it as a cycle, right? It isn't just a, a, a touch point, uh, and then we, we disappear from each other. I think, you know, the more that there's a, a communication among all aspects of running an organization or a business, um, you know, it goes around and around. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't ever just sort of reach an end point and fall off the end of the world. That's right. We only have about two minutes left. Uh, can you take a, a quick 30 seconds and give us uh, your final thoughts on, on what a business analyst does or what you want our listeners around the world to know about a business analyst? Uh, sure. Um, I think if there's one thing that I would ask of all business analysts, it's recognize how important um, uh, being clear on the objectives that your project is trying to deliver outside of implementing the technology. Um, technology is cool. I get it, um, and I feel it's cool also. Um, but unless our technology is wrapped around accomplishing real business objectives, aligned to ideally some kind of strategic roadmap for a business, um, it loses context, and um, uh, you might lose opportunities to make things the, the best they could be because we're sort of a little bit uh, focused on something a little too narrow. So please think about your business objectives and a way to measure them to make sure you understand what success looks like when it goes out the door. And I think that's the perfect spot to end this show on. Bill, thanks very much for sharing uh, your expertise with us and your time you know, to talk about business analysts. I, I really appreciate it. My pleasure, Alex. Hope it was useful. Oh, it's definitely useful. And I certainly hope people out there were listening because this role is one of the roles we need to help us build these plans properly and get them implemented. And as Bill alluded to, even in testing sometimes. So um, really, uh, you know, if you've got BAs in your company, involve them in what you're doing. So I'd like to thank Bill for joining us and uh, remind everyone that if there are topics you want us to talk about, please feel free, send me a note. Um, Check out boastassessment.com. And uh, I'll be in Phoenix for the DRJ conference. And in the meantime, stay prepared, everybody. Thank you for joining us for Preparing for the Unexpected. Please tune in for another edition featuring your host, Alex Bullock, next Thursday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you here next week.